Hey everyone, my name is Amra Nasser, and today I'll be sharing my story and my insights on the TREP Life podcast. Feel free to follow my work at Abrahamic Center to keep up with projects and events I'm working on. Everyone asks themselves, who am I? What is my purpose? What value do I add to the world and those around me? The answer to these questions can often change over time, but I hope my insights can help you feel empowered about where you are right now and remember that life is an ongoing process. You have the power to change your mindset even in limited circumstances. You can go against the grain. Your likes and interests can be strange. I hope I can make you see the beauty in all of that. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays, streaming on all podcast platforms. Hey, this is Jalen Little, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on social media. I'm at Observe, spelled O-B-S-3-R-V-E, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I hope my experiences inspire you, and remember dreams over doubt, focus over frustration. Sending you good vibes, peace, and purpose on your journey. I am an artist. I am a musician. I am an entrepreneur, and I am a leader. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays. Hello, hello. Hey, what's up, Pete? What's up? I am honored to have not just one of my, I'll just say it, one of my favorite people on the planet Earth is gracing us with his presence to do a trap life episode so i'm stoked audience i'm, I'm stoked trap life tribe bro this... bro i'm honored to be on the same platform that you created and to share to share these next these next moments of of wisdom and knowledge with you bro as we have been doing for the past couple of years yeah yeah. So just to give you guys a little background, Jalen and I have, I would say, a pretty public um, brotherhood of friendship. Everyone kind of knows that we're boys. That's, you know, um, that's the way it's kind of always been back to the cab days and that is what does cab even stand for again campus campus activities activities board okay i forgot (laughs) i'm like wait i can't get the acronym i i knew it was something like that but i'm like what does it mean right now but which doesn't even exist anymore really what do they call it now student activities board oh so I, I like student activities board better. Yeah. CAB is a better acronym, but I, I like student activities board better. But, okay, so came, we met each other in college. Jalen's just a year um, younger than me. Um, we have, like, a big bro, little bro, but really more of, like, a peer relationship. Is this all sounding accurate to you, Jay? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always 
look to you as my big bro. Um, I've always looked to you as a mentor. Um, and I would say peer so- mentoring because I learned a lot from you. You know, I feel like just being around each other, we just elevated each other, watch the throne type vibes. Facts, bro. Oh, facts, bro. You know, that was kind of our motto. You know, I'm more of a the Jay-Z type. You yeah. know, Jay's more of the yay type. So we used to call each other that. That's right, bro. <laughs> Fun times. But okay, so I met you at college. You lived a whole entire life filled with so many trials and tribulations and successes and victories. Can you tell us about Jalen Keith Little right before leading up to your college days? Yeah, for sure. So I went to Schaumburg High School and graduated in 2011. Um, During my senior year, I was very confused about myself as a person in terms of like what I was going to do about college. I was confused in general because life for me at that time was a bit rough. You know, I had a lot of turmoil happening within my personal life regarding um, housing and, you know, how I was going to be able to uh, eat and finding a job to take care of my family. So I had a lot uh, mentally weighing me down. Academically, I wasn't at the place where I needed to be to go away to college, to a four-year college. I applied to Michigan State. I applied to NIU. I applied to Eastern. I applied to North northeastern and didn't get into any of those schools so my guidance counselor in high school around around may of 2011 recommended me to go to harper and so that's when i made the decision that i would just start uh my my academic career at a community college especially harper because it was like right in our backyard you know what i mean right so Um, that's like how I ended up at Harper. And so my first experience there was actually doing a summer bridge program that was designed to help students who weren't testing into college level classes, um, that were more so testing into remedial math and English classes. It gave us a chance to retest, but also to get acclimated with the, the, the climate of the culture and kind of meet different instructors and really form a strong support group. So once I got into that over the summer of 2011, that's when I realized that I actually lived out of district. And so when I realized I lived out of district, that created another like headache. And I had to find a job in order to afford college, even though I was receiving FAFSA, but I ended up, um, doing the bridge program and meeting some really amazing people at Harper. really uh, my academic advisor, Dubois McCarty and and Travaris Harris, who were two outstanding gentlemen who helped me to land a a job at the center for multicultural learning at Harper. And really from there, once I, I remember that job, you remember that? Yeah, (laughs) bro, that was an amazing job, bro. And that was like my first real experience at Harper in terms of like working with staff and faculty, but also like getting involved in the culture there, you know? Absolutely. And then and then from there, that's when, you know, I decided that I wanted to get involved on campus and start meeting people. And so that's when I joined the, you know, the Campus Activities Board. The now and defunct then, Campus Activities Board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's right. And uh, yeah, man, the rest is history. That's when me and you met. I remember me. I remember meeting you right outside of the um, right outside of the office, and you were with D uh, Hutton. Shout out D. Shout out to D. Remember when and, D had a radio show? Yep, I remember when D had a radio show up. It was busting, bro. <laughs> As the kids would say, we were lit. <laughs> yeah, bro, but we actually, lit. though, you totally took that from. Like when I say youth, I mean like teenagers. They took that language from like our era. We were saying lit before they were, but whatever. Oh yeah, bro, hundred percent. Yeah, man. So maybe I guess I kind of don't want to do this, but describe me in college. Jay? Yep. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So, describe me in college. You were around during the Harper days. You know, we were one-on-one. So, give give the listeners a little perspective on who I was during that time period. So, during that time period when I met you, I remember you having a very um you had a very defined defined vision and i remember talking to you a couple of the first times back in 2011 and in my head thinking man this dude is on his a game because every time i saw you bro you were always on business but you were all also very approachable and i felt like you had a you had a power of you had a power of gravitating others towards you and i remember thinking like that i know that i'll be able to connect with here at harper especially cuz you were you're a black male too and it wasn't too many of us there especially not making moves you know especially not making moves exactly bro and I remember just thinking, like, okay, this dude's very ambitious, easy to get along with. This is somebody that I can see myself growing with, you know, at Harper and beyond. And I remember you always being a team player, too. And you were highly successful in in organizing people and pulling people together around a common goal, especially within CAP. Like... You always, you always uh, helped others see the bigger picture. But then not only that, you also helped us to kind of like break down that bigger picture with actionable steps that we could take that made sense, you know? And I, every, every, that's why I looked to you as a, as a mentor during that time because I was like, man, this dude knows what he's talking about. This bro's about to take over the campus. Um, and you were always very presentable, bro. Um, and you always came correct. Man, I appreciate you saying all that, bro, but all that can be said for you as well, and more some, you know, like, you were always just uh, such a light, you know, you made everything around us better, Um, just always brought the energy levels up, 
um, and I knew I could lean on you, like, because sometimes it was just, like, it was so stressful, like, you remember all the drama that we just had to endure, like, it was just always seemed like there was a crisis going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, for some reason. <laughs> like, I, when you say I really mean, like, some pettiness, like, <laughs> that was made to look like a crisis at the time. Yeah. Where people had to treat it like a crisis, but it really wasn't that. It was like, what? Right. Like, there's people, like, hungry right now. Facts. You know, like, real stuff was going on with, like, all of us back then, and then there was, like, then there was, like, people who were actually going through stuff versus the people who really weren't going through too much of a severe situation at the time. Yeah. And they wanted to like make it into like, they wanted to escalate their, their issues into something else. So it was kind of weird to have that like polarity at the time, that polarization. Yeah. And, and there was just like, you know, I just felt like there was always a lot of, like, odd energy that was going around at Harper at the time, like... Oh, yeah. And I, I always thought that you were better at navigating through that than I was, because I would just... I get to the point where I'm just, like, blunt about stuff, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, nah. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like, sorry, but... <laughs> Yeah, all right. Like, you know, like, uh, we won't say his name, but a certain former advisor for Campus Activities Board. Shout out to him. Used to have some uh, standoffs, if you will. A couple interesting ones. I remember those times. So, but yeah, you were, I thought you just like, and even now today, I think you've made Harper work for you while working for it. Like, oh, you've made Harper better, you've elevated Harper, but you've also let it move you and be a huge factor in your success as well. And I commend you on that, bro. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro, because honestly, bro, you are the person who made me activate that side of how can I make this institution work for me just as much as it wants me to work for it. Yeah. And your, I remember your work ethic and your, your drive is what activated mine, you know? Most definitely, bro. Like I, as we've, we've been talking, you know, a lot recently about it. Like, you know, we make a good team, bro. You know, I love the synergy that we create and, you know, we might have some new work in the way, people. We we might be up to something. I don't know. I don't know. I heard a rumor. So Uh-oh. I'm just reporting things. I, I don't, I don't have any proof. <laughs> but yeah, y'all heard it here first. Heard it here first, but... This is where we insert the trap life air horn. I need to get some 
inserts uh, you know i need to get some of those audibles like uh the sound effects like joe budden's podcast i definitely need those gotta gotta figure that out in post i guess i don't know but okay so harper is a two-year school right that's a community college but most people really end up spending what would you say about 2.5 years three years there yeah, I'd say that's the average now. It's 2.5 to at least four years at Harper. Really? Four years at Harper? Yeah. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, so this is where I ended up dropping out of Harper and starting my company. Jalen continued to go to Harper and took it over flat out took it over with uh, another friend of ours, uh, Joe. Yep, shout out Joe. Shout out to Joe. Joe might be on the podcast pretty soon. So That's going to be legendary. We're in talks. You know, I'd like to get all three of us on a podcast one day. I think that would be dope. But everybody's schedules are nuts. So we'll, we'll figure it out. But sure. Um, so... What was that process like, like really getting involved with Harper on like a whole different level than what student activities hey, could provide? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hey, can you, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. Sorry, um, your last question cut out. Okay. So I was saying, I was asking, what was it like? seeing Harper from a completely different perspective than the level of student activities when you became involved in, you know, higher positions in student government. Oh, man, I'm sorry, Pete. One more time. It, it cut out again. Okay, that's weird. Sorry for all these glitches, bro. But it's all good. what was it like seeing Harper from the perspective of student government once you were able to ascend to these higher positions? So, so your question is, what was my perspective as a student while I was in student government of Harper? Yes. Yeah. So doing the student government about taught me a lot about policy and procedures, both at the student level, but then also it opened up the world of what's happening behind closed doors. What's, what are the driving factors behind students and their experiences and the staff and faculty who create these experiences, or at least help to create the vessel for students to then, you know, manifest these experiences. Now being in student government was interesting because we mostly dealt with things on just the student level. And so that would mean sitting on committees with Harper faculty and staff who are deciding on different things that could affect future generations at Harper. For example, uh, when I was a student leader on student act or on the student government, I sat on the committee that was in charge of uh, the new canning center that was coming to Harper, which was going to be a new student center, brand new space where they had all these different things to help students become more successful and kind of really centralize a lot of the student services and a lot of those offices into one location. And so I remember sitting on that board and like 
being in the same room as these like ar- architects who are getting paid like six figures and yeah. like sitting in the same room with all these different people who were really making these decisions um, about like what they imagine the students would like to experience when they come and especially to the student center. And that was my first time realizing like how much power the student government had because when they would look to me to give some input on certain ideas, whether it was the design idea for the the roundabout location for the cafeteria, uh, they, they really took the information that I gave them to heart because they knew that I was coming directly from, you know, the student point of view. Um, and so that to me was pretty interesting, the kind of experience, you know, to, to experience what it's like to be a student and, you know, have that, that access to, to sharing my opinion and, and my voice. It was also interesting because on the other side where I would disagree with certain things, I could also see the other side where they would be like, oh, you're just a student. What do you know? You know, and especially like sitting on student government, I feel like student government was great for creating those experiences, right? But also when it came time to talk about the real stuff, and I mean like the real stuff, for example, you remember in 2011 when they shut down the football program? Exactly. And it on that platform. Yeah, I remember you ran on that. Yeah, that was and one it was like, issues, and it was yeah. like, why? It was like, why did y'all shut down this program? And not in the way they did it. I don't even mind them shutting it down, but they like signed whole the whole team of people who were coming from some out of state to go to Harper, and then you just shut the team down, like just shut it down, and didn't tell, didn't give any notice. Didn't However, even, Say that, hey, when you were recruiting these players, you didn't tell them that it was a possibility that you were considering to shut down their team. Exactly. Exactly, bro. And so that's what got me even more kind of like in student government because of things that were happening like that. But, however, considering the makeup of the football team. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. It was full of black men and I would say largely uneducated um, black men. And um, I I have to say this. Have you seen the show Last Chance You? Last Chance You? Uh, No, I've never seen that before. Check it out on Netflix, Jay. Um, Season, there's three seasons now? No, I'm sorry. Four seasons. Four seasons. Um, two different colleges, two seasons apiece, I think. Yeah, two seasons apiece. But it all clicked for me. I was watching Last Chance You, and they had a debate on there about, like, oh, we don't like people coming from out of town, going to our college. The college spends too much money on the football team. Um, and you know, the premise of Last Chance You is just, like, a community college. They find the, like, best community college teams that have players who then go on to go to D1 schools, right? Yeah. And so that's the whole point. Like, you have you have D1 talent, but you messed up. 
either academically or maybe you got into some legal trouble or something happened where you weren't able to actually go to D- your D1 yeah, as intended, um, but you, you have the ability to do so. So it's tr- your last chance to resurrect your football career, right? Right. So the president of the school for the third and fourth season, he said, we're actually making money from the football team. And we're making money by the students because um, when, if they leave, they have to, they're paying us. So, like, one of the students got cut, right? One of the football players. Yeah. And he said, hey, when he was leaving, he asked for his transcript. And they said, oh, don't worry about that. We'll give it to you later. When he calls back a couple, like a week later or two weeks later, they're like, well, we are not going to give you your transcript until you pay your tuition. Yeah. You, so that's kind of what I'm figuring out. Like, oh, like they did all that. They were making money even after they cut the football team. They were making money off of the football team. Yeah. And I think if I dig enough, I could find the records to support that from yeah. Harper. Oh, 100%. But yeah, so continue my bad to go on that tangent. No, no, you're absolutely right, man. And so that was that was just one of many things that I um, that I observed during my time on student um, student government and um, uh, amongst other like policy and procedural things that regarded to student student life and you know the student body life on there like I remember during that time in 2011 the conversation of like uh, gender neutral bathrooms was just starting to surface and okay. I remember I remember that being like a hot topic you know of should Harper create gender neutral bathrooms and it was just interesting sitting on the the board and kind of like listening to all, all different People say why we should, why we shouldn't. Um, and that to me was very eye-opening because again, I, my, my world before Harper was pretty, I want to say my perspectives were kind of shuttered a bit. So that that is what kind of unlocked like, you know, thinking outside of like just myself and like being a part of something bigger than me, you know, and I think that's what was the most important thing about being a part of the student government there, you know. And, and learning how to properly communicate and collaborate with people and and share lessons and learn lessons and, and grow and evolve and see how I could apply what I learned in a in a student government meeting to like a classroom situation, right? Like how to de-escalate uh, confrontations, how to how to have a productive uh, a productive um, conversation have a productive outcome whether there's a conflict or not you know and those are a lot of the key things that student government taught me while I was there I think it goes back to respect like I can disagree with what you're saying but I can't discard you or disregard you as um, a person exactly yep right so when that happens when respect's out the window we, we can't find common ground at that point. Yep. A hundred percent. And 
And I never, while I was there, bro, I, I don't think I've ever experienced anyone disrespecting me, um, like blatantly disrespecting me behind behind the scenes, maybe. Right. But, but that's none of my business. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You got to bring it to my face. Hey, exactly. My attention. I'm like a, I'm like a, you either, you either pull up or you don't type person. So it's like, okay, I heard you as woo woo, but on the surface level, when you see me in, it's like, you're not saying nothing. And that, that happened a couple times where just due to the type of person that I was at the time, my personality and other personalities just naturally conflicted. Uh, in student government over over certain things you know like I felt like I always wanted to I always see I always wanted to challenge I always wanted to challenge the system quote unquote right and I felt like a lot of people who were in student government at the time weren't for that they just wanted surface level maybe we should see if we can order a box of pencils no maybe we should see if we can lower this tuition (laughs) like that's actually go there like, quit playing. You know, I think some, it's hard to really create momentum in a transient environment like Harper mm-hmm. because it's hard to build a it's hard to build a legacy at a community college versus yeah. a four year institution because people are coming in and out and there's that lack of history, that lack of knowledge. It's we're just talking about right now. It's not it's hard for people to focus on the future because their future isn't about Harper. Their future is to get to the next school, to get to the next stage, the next phase of their education. Right. Yeah. And so people, I think start going to these clubs and they're like, Oh, that will look, or these organizations. Oh, that will look good on my college application. It'll help me get to that next level. But then it's like, they don't always want to do the work or, take it seriously for what they're trying to do right now yeah so you were you were in student government with we already said joe but you were there with amra and cindy too or were you did you just miss them okay yeah that's correct i was uh i was in there under the the great uh the great regime of amra the great regime of amra so how many different regimes were you under? What, what what positions did you hold all through student government? Through student government, when I first started off, I was just a representative. Uh, and I was a representative. I forgot for which uh, for which uh, subcommittee I was a representative for. That was like my first two years. And then I moved into a senator position. Um, so I was a representative during the Lakari. Re- or no, during the... Uh, uh, what was her name? Uh, Andrea? Uh, no. Clara? Cla- no, not Clara. Before her. Before- oh. <laughs> what was her last name? I'm drawing a blank right now. But uh, Christina. Christina, yes. Christina. That was the first regime that I was a part of. And she was, she was on it. Christina, what's up with you? Like, uh, if you hear this podcast, I'd love to just to have you on as a guest. You're a very interesting person. So let's, let's see what's going on with you in 2019, 2020. Right. What's up? But yeah, continue. Sorry. But, 
No, you're good. Yeah, so you know, it was a part of that regime first. That was awesome, and then the the Clara regime, uh, and then the Laura Lacari regime. And, and oh, you were you were there with Scott Litzel too, right? That's right. Okay. During the Scott, oh Scott Litzel, <laughs> old Scotty Litzel. Shout out Scott, man. Who else was up there? A lot of folks, a lot of characters up at Harper, William Rainey Harper College. I'll tell you that. That's right, man. It was a a full casting call. (laughs) I'll tell you what, man. If there was a TV show that could have been made about... That would have been it. That would have been it right there, bro. I'm not even going to include myself in that. (laughs) You know, but that would have been it. That would have been it. There's a couple of eras there, a couple of regimes, as you say. That it, it, it could have been popping. Mm-hmm. But okay, so I'm trying to think. And then Cindy was vice president. Yeah, I think Cindy was vice president to Amr. Yep. And then weren't you vice president at one point? I was vice president. I was vice president my last uh my last some or my last year. So from 2013 until 2014, you were vice president to Amr. Yep. Okay. And then Joe was the trustee then, right? Joe, I believe, was the trustee. Yeah, I think he was trustee during that time. Um, yeah. He might have been trustee during that time or the year after. Okay. Okay. I'm saying these people's names so you can put it all in context later, listeners, because the majority of the people that we discussed are probably going to be on the podcast at one point or another. So you can see how it all relates, correlates. But, um, okay. So we're at your last semester of Harper. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Like after everything you have done in Harper, you're getting ready to go to that next phase of your life. What was that process like for you? Yeah, bro. It, to be honest, bro, I was just so overwhelmed with um, the idea that I had just continued a trajectory that could take my family in a completely different direction, bro. It was very, it was very humbling my last year, my last semester at Harper because I started to, I started to really put connect the dots and put together like. The, the bigger, grander picture of how Hello, we started to open up my perspective to what's outside of uh, what's just outside of, you know, the norm, you know, what's outside of life. And and I remember having these these feelings of just um, these feelings of like being connected to something bigger than me and realizing what strengths God had gave me and that my mission was to go out and share those strengths with others and to help uplift others after Harper, uh, during Harper. 
Um, so that's when I really started to kind of shape and mold like how I wanted how I wanted my next couple years to go at my next college from everything that I learned from Harper, you know. So it was kind of like I, I had reached this moment of maturity, of understanding just the grander picture of like what's going on here, what's at stake, you know. Um, and at that point, you know, I was pretty much the um, the next in my family to graduate. So I had my younger generations of cousins looking at me saying, Jalen's about to graduate, so can we, you know? And to me, that was the most, that was the best feeling in the world, you know, being able to inspire, uh, inspire the younger generations. So in that way, they know that they can also feel safe and comfortable and not feel judged about going to a community college, you know? Yeah. That's so what I think kind there of, is a stigma around that. Uh, my right? last semester made me realize, like, first of all, I saved so much money doing that, but then also I helped many others to realize that it's okay to be it's okay to be undecided and it's okay to not know what you want to do in life but nonetheless you could still get involved create experiences and still continue to like move forward in life you know whether whether school is right for you whether it's not right for you just those life lessons in general you know like the needle is just always continuously moving and it's up to us to be aware that it's moving. So then that way we can take action and and fully invest ourselves into what it is that we love to do. And I feel like that last semester really uncovered a lot of what I wanted to do, which was really diving into the music world and into the music production world. And I didn't know what I wanted to like really, really do until I got out of Harper. Um, Meaning, like, the summer after I graduated, I was like, ah, I should probably decide on a major, but I'm not sure what. You know, and then I was just like, mm, let's just let's just go into broadcasting. Let's just do it, you know. Let's just go into communications. And you, you, know? you double majored, right? But, uh, well, yeah, that's that's what I was experiencing my last semester at Harper. I hope I could answer that question accurately. Oh, oh absolutely. But still so there, Pete? Want... Yes. Can you hear me? Pete, can you hear me? Jay, can you hear me? Hello? Pete, can you hear me? Jay, can you hear me? I'm, I'm going to hang up the call and call right back. Hello, everybody. My name is Kendra Nalwega Booker. I am super excited to be in this episode of Trip Life today. So thank you so much, Pete, for this awesome opportunity. Um, I look forward to sharing a little bit of my background. I'm an African immigrant who speaks multiple languages from Uganda, Rwanda, and just pretty much the um, East African area. So I'm very excited to talk about that and my interests that um, inspired me to study linguistics as an undergraduate. Right now, I'm currently working on my doctorate in curriculum and instruction. 
And I have two concentrations, language and literacy and technology. So I'm very interested in um, doing work in the future with education, technology and language. Um, But for now, I'm super excited to be on this podcast and feel free to follow me on social media. I'm Afrikendra08 on Twitter and Instagram. And it's just Kendra on Facebook, Kendra Booker. Thank you. Bye-bye. I do not know what happened. I apologize for the technical delays. Sorry about um, that, bro. I know we're tight on time. I only have about three more questions for you, three or four. Yep, I'm here. Okay. So you, you ended up doubling. You ended up having a double major, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Tell us about that. Sure. So uh, at Harper, I just got my associate degree. I started off in music. Um you know, like music performance and thought that's what I wanted to go into. But once I like went into the music classes, I realized that I didn't necessarily need a degree for music performance and that I could just really teach myself a lot of those components. So I ended up being undecided until I decided on what I wanted to do. So then fast forward, um, you know, to when I graduated from Harper, I ended up going down to SIU Carbondale and selected my major in um, in TV news broadcasting and multimedia journalism because I uh, I used to watch the news a lot. I, I would watch Channel 7 in the morning on my way going to Harper and like see that dude Jose Sanders like in the morning. I was like, if this black dude can get on the news, so can I. Uh, so he was like an inspiration for me to like get up there and just and just do it. And so um, I ended up choosing TV news broadcasting down at SIU. And when I got down to SIU and started getting into these classes, I want to say like the third week, me and my roommate, Kashan, shout out Kashan, um, we were walking through the student center and there's this chick who was rapping on the side. And so we walked up to her because Kashan's a rapper. So he immediately was like, yo, what's she spitting? So we walked up to her or whatever, and she was she was rapping. We was like, yo, can we hear you rap? She starts rapping. We're like, yo, you're really good. Like, can we connect? And she's like, yeah, for sure, for sure. And her name is Ishe. Mm. And, and so we're talking to Ishe, and Ishe's like, oh, yeah. Like, so what are y'all down here doing? We told her this is our first semester, you know. She had already been down there those two previous years, and um we asked her, what do you do? Like, what are you going to school for? And she was like, oh, I'm here for audio, uh, audio engineering and audio production. And when she said that, I was like, what? SIU Carbondale has audio production? So at that moment in time, I'm like, tell me about that, Ishe. Like, how is it? How's the audio production stuff down here? We're in the six hours south in the middle of nowhere. Like, what's going on down here she was like bro the audio production down here is amazing the audio engineering and then she shared with me the uh the director of the audio engineering program you know one of the main professors whose name is todd harriman and then she started telling me about todd and she told me she was like yeah so todd was one of prince's um one of prince's producers um, he served as Michael Jackson's piano tech while on tour. And, you know, he's he's a, a, an audio engineering professor. And as soon as she told me those... So he's the truth, pretty much. 
he is the truth. Yes, Todd Harriman is, he is by far one of the catalysts that have changed, that changed my entire perspective on audio producing, engineering, just like business in general, you know, because Todd was just so thorough. And so I remember when Ishe told me that the next day I woke up and went to my academic advisor's office and I was like, yeah, so uh, I know I'm doing TV news broadcasting. I'm also going to need to uh, major in audio engineering. And she was like, oh, OK, cool. Luckily, both of those majors were housed in the same college, which is the College of, of Media and Communications. So oh. it worked out. It worked out nice because I just picked up like an additional um, uh, some additional classes and I was OK with that, you know. And so I ended up walking away from SIU with a major in TV news broadcasting, audio engineering, and a minor in sociology. Okay. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, There's a whole lot that we're not going to cover today, guys. Uh, Just speaking to the audience, only because... We are tied on time, but we are going to get the most out of today's episode as well. Jalen is always welcome on this podcast, uh, so he'll be back most definitely. But fast forwarding a little bit here, um, you actually end up going back to Harper, Mm -hmm. right? How was that coming full circle? It was um, it was a a blessing in disguise, bro, to be completely honest with you, bro. It was it was the the veil that was lifted after like everything I had went through from the moment I started at Harper in 2011 to the moment I graduated from SIU in 2016. And. And coming back to Harper, bro, was just such a blessing because just just the way things literally panned out, bro, like literally, bro, it was it was it was heaven sent, bro. Like no cap, bro. Like it was it was crazy, bro, because I would have never imagined myself like working at Harper like full time. Like I thought Harper I thought Harper and I, the joke was that I was going to be at Harper for life, people used to say. Mm-hmm. When I was a student, they would be like, yeah, you're going to be here for life. And I used to be like, what? No, they're trying to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to get rid of the boy. And so it was crazy because when I, get, when I, graduated, from, when I graduated from school, from SIU, I actually started working at the Grand Victoria Casino because I needed a job. Because I remember family... that, bro. You remember that? Yeah. I should have come my out there family... to visit you. Mm-hmm. And my family was in a really, really, like, tough situation, bro. So I just needed work. So I found the, the next available job, and the casino was that. So I started working at the casino, bro. And I was like, I don't know. If... I'm not... I know I'm not supposed to be here. But I always remembered to stay patient, even through t- the trials and tribulations, through adversity, through everything. And so I remember just like being at the casino and fast forward like a year from the casino to 2017. Um, 
a gentleman named Mark McFerrin had sent me a Facebook message. And he was like, hey, just so you're aware, we're hiring in our office here at Harper. And Mark McFerrin, this is how crazy it is. This is how crazy life is. Me and Mark McFerrin played in the jazz band at Harper when I was a student. He was already an employee. So I met Mark in the jazz band as a student, and he just remembered me, you know, as a jazz drummer, but he also just remembered who I was as a person. So Mark sent me a Facebook message around, I want to say March of 2017. And he was basically like, hey, Jalen, we're hiring in the admissions office. You should definitely apply. And I was like, what? So I checked the application and it said you had to have some years of experience in admissions. And I didn't have that requirement. So I, I was already doubting myself before. I even applied. I knew I wanted to get out of the boat too because like my I was working like hours that were interfering with my personal life. I couldn't go out on the weekend to like pursue music. It was, it was like hectic, none of that, bro. bro. I remember that, yeah. It was crazy. I used to work Wednesday to Sunday from five PM until one AM. Like what social life? And you had the time for the studios, it wasn't always meshing. Yeah. It was rough. Yep. I I used to have to wake up in the morning and go to the studio at the library. Like it was, it was crazy. But then when he sent me that, I applied and didn't hear back. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, at least it was a shot in the dark, bro. And then next thing I know, um, I ended up getting a call, and they were like, "Hey, we got your uh, application. We just wanted you to know that we're reviewing all the applications." So I'm like, "Okay, cool." And then didn't hear back until around, mm, I want to say around uh, May. And what was so crazy, bro, is that at that time, I had a very important show that came up, um, like a music show with my friend Ishe. And I had already committed to Ishe about playing this show months ahead. So I let my job at the boat know that I was playing this show. And so I requested it off. And then the day came of the show. And so I wake up that morning and, you know, the boat had put on my schedule that I was working and I was a supervisor in the marketing club. And so they had put on my schedule that I was supposed to work. So I called in. I was like, hey, like I told y'all like months ago that I couldn't work this day. They're like, well, if you don't come in, we're going to release you. And so. For me, music always comes first. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I didn't care about the money. None of that. I was just like, okay, y'all going to release me? I'm not missing the show, so peace. So that happened at like 9 a.m. in the morning when they they released me, a.k.a. I quit because I don't get released. Um, and so... And so um, Literally, that day I lost my job at the boat. So I'm scrambling to think like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, this is really bad. Like, I got to take care of my family. I got a house to keep over our head, bills to pay, a lot of stuff that people don't even know about, bro. You know, like stuff that's like deep below the surface. And so that happens at 9 a.m., bro. Fast forward to like, like 
10.30 a.m., I get a call from Harper, and it's from the operations manager that same day, bro, that same Wednesday. And he's like, hey, we want to bring you in for an interview. We were uh, interested in your application. When can you come in? And, bro, my heart sank, bro, because I was like, today. I was like, can I come in today? And he was like, oh, let me check. So he goes and checks with the director. And, uh, yeah, they agreed to let me do an interview that same day, bro. In that same day, that morning that I had just been released from my other job, that same day I had my interview at Harper. Man, look at God. Crazy, bro, that same day. And on top of that, when I left that interview, which that's a whole other story because I was bro I was sweating bullets during that interview because I knew that like what the situation what was the risk what was at stake and so leaving that interview bro I just remember thinking like oh my god like this this could change my life and then that same night I still went and played the show with Ishe and then I waited about two months and then on July the 30th or June the 30th is when I found out that I uh I got a call back from Harper and they offered me the position and the rest is history. You've just been up there making power moves, going strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this will probably be my last question. Explain everything that led up to your TEDx talk at Harper. Yeah, so how that came about was Harper celebrated its 50th anniversary last year. And, you know, at that, at this point in time, you know, I started at Harper in 2017 um, uh, of, of June. And so le- that around that time, I was establishing a lot of relationships with people who were in different offices um, and just, you know, starting to make myself known on campus because I work in admissions. So, you know, I wanted to find out the who's who of the campus so I know who to connect students to. And leading up to 2018 is when Harper began the 50th anniversary, like, events. And the TEDx talk was a part of that, um, that 50th anniversary kind of, like, event path. And so I remember going into work and getting an email and it was like, Hey, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary. One of the cool things we're going to be doing is a TEDx talk here at Harper. And it was basically like a, a, a call for people to submit their presentations um, for the 50th anniversary. So look, when I first saw that, I was like, is this real? I was like, what? This is crazy. And so as I'm going through it, it's like, yeah, If you know anybody or if you want to submit a proposal or know any staff members, uh, submit it by this day and time, and then we're going to review it. So at the time, I did not have a presentation. I didn't know what I would be talking about. Um, And so I'm thinking to myself, like, hmm, what would be something interesting for the, the, the TEDx stage? And then I remembered, well, what got me here? And I was like, music. Music. It's always the music 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 has always been that vessel that just kind of just kind of just guides my moral compass towards the right direction and so I submitted a proposal I sat and thought about it for a bit and said okay I want to do something with music and something that um, could connect everybody with music and so I thought about how we would all be able to make music just off of our phones or off of our iPads using a free app and so I 
Um, that's when I've created the proposal, submitted it in. And then a couple weeks later, they sent out another email congratulating me on being selected. And, you know, from there, the rest is history. And that TED Talk is classic. You all definitely have to check it out. I'll add it in the um, links in the show description as well. Um, but I heard a rumor that you might make a, a second appearance on the TEDx stage. Yes, yes, you that's great. Okay. You're breaking news that that's happening? That, that is da, 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 breaking news. <laughs> yeah man so you know Harper College will be hosting yet again a second TED Talk series and this one will be called Extraordinary and uh, yeah I'm hoping to make a second guest appearance on the big stage and talk about how we can take something uh, very uh, the very mundane things in life and turn them extraordinary and celebrate that and I hope that you know uh, everyone who applies including you bro gets an opportunity to get on that stage, especially you. You know I'm going to be rooting for you. I'm going to put in that word. Uh, We're going to get Trep Life on the TEDx stage, and it's going to be legendary. Let's, let's speak it into existence. I'll claim that one, bro, and I appreciate all your support on that. 100, bro. Yes, sir. Well, I know you have to get out of here, but you will definitely be back soon. Um, Talk to us about Lala real quick as you're going out. For sure, yeah. Lala yesterday was amazing. Today is Saturday uh, the 4th, and yesterday was the 3rd. Wait, today's the 4th, right? I don't even know. But, um, no, Lala yesterday, which was Friday, was Friday. amazing. Bro. First day. But, yep, got a chance to see uh, 21 Savage. 21 was dope. It was interesting because it's a festival crowd, and none of them know his music. So, uh, it was, it was really? interesting. Yeah, barely. It was also interesting to see all the non-colored people blatantly yell out the N-word and then look around to see if there are any people. And when they looked at me, I just gave them kind of like the the thumb to the throat. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I have to go to Lala next year. I I meant to, I got the dates so messed up, dude. My my summer schedule has been like ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. But I meant to go this year, um, but I need to go back to Lala and just see what the atmosphere is like. I bet it's so different since the last time I've been there. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It's just all like kind of like it's a it's a cool crowd of people, man. You know, I won't I won't like yesterday I met some pretty interesting people, you know. But at the same time, it's also a certain group of people who feel like you know entitled. You know, like this is my this is my Lollapalooza. I need to be standing here. So, like, get out of my way. And you know me, bro. I'm a, I don't care, bro. Uh, I'm a savage. I, I, I get to where I need to be. But everybody, you're gonna I'm make gonna, your way. I'm gonna period. make my way, like period. And I went by myself too, so it was just great to kind of see from a different perspective because I aspired to help my friends who are in the music industry and myself to get on that stage you know what i mean absolutely i don't know where i first saw j cole oh that's amazing bro yeah and it's like it's like going there yesterday bro i wasn't there to just like just party 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 i was there to count the amount of lights on stage to see how they were setting up the drum set and 
how they brought out the microphones for the, the everything, bro. All the stuff that people don't pay attention to, I was there paying attention to it because that's where we will be in the near future. You know what I mean? So it was good. Childish Gambino put on a fantastic show. He killed it. Like I, it was. Like, I think Gambino is the most creative person on planet Earth right now. One hundred percent, bro. And I he say was, that as someone who considers themselves to be like a creative person. So, like, I want to take that spot for him. But right now, he has it. Mm-hmm. He was he was up there doing his thing, bro. It was it was pretty interesting. Janelle Monae, she she shut it down too, bro. She's a great performer. I don't always oh, yeah. connect with her music, um, but I always support her. I, I like I like her a lot. Yeah, she's amazing, bro. She was on a uh, she was on a whole other level. So who who's on the list for today? For today, uh, I know our boy Easy is gonna be up there. Shout out Young Money, um, Money Cash Money. Cash money gang, but um, other than that, bro, uh, who else is coming today? Look, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, Chief. I haven't even been looking at the schedule. I just kind of just been showing up and then checking it out and then just float over. I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to get behind the scenes. So I'm really man, looking get that bro. backstage pass. Yeah, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get backstage, bro. Like one that'd of my be friends. worth an investment, honestly. I don't even know if they sell those. I have to figure out how you can get. Get those. Maybe if you do a private, if you're a private vendor, maybe. Yeah, if you're a vendor. When I was looking or... into it, I thought mm-hmm. you could do that. Yeah, a couple of years back, but they changed the policies. So I don't know. Yeah, but um, definitely, definitely would recommend uh, for you going to Lala. You know, next year, me and you can go and take over, bro. Absolutely. What's the uh, what's the next show that's going to be in Chicago? The next festival. Uh, that usually happens like September, late August. Uh, I think it's North Coast. North Coast. Let's go to North Coast, bro. I don't even know who's going to be there, but that would just be cool for us to do. I'm down, bro. Base All right, next let's day. make that happen. I'll be in town. We'll oh. make that pop. Bet. All right, bro. Well, I appreciate you. I know we're tight on time. I know we ran a little over, but you were dropping gems, and we definitely appreciate it. Uh, I don't know what episode this will be, but we will find out. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your podcast. And out of all the work that you're doing, man, it's history in the making. Proud of you, bro. And I appreciate all of your support. And to the audience, we wish you peace and purpose on your journey. Trap life out. Trap life.